Hey, hey, welcome in to Stummy Down. My name is JW, and as always, I am here with my best friend and co-host, Skinny. Skinny, how are you, man? Summer's looking good on you, my friend. Thanks, man. I'm doing great. Kids are great. Everything's doing uh, great. I'm just going to keep saying great. Keep <laughs> saying great. Like the, yeah, it's the dumbest response. We uh, went down to Disney. Disney was awesome. We had a great time. A lot of moving around, running around, but it's all worth it. I have to ask you a question about that Disney trip. So I saw your lovely wife, Amy, in one of the pictures was wearing a... <laughs> they got fucking shit for everything. She was wearing a, I don't know, I guess a Minnie Mouse shirt that had the fish donuts, the Fishman donuts. Yeah, it's, it's actually Mickey. I got that for her for Christmas. Oh, you I mean, got that for her. Yeah, yeah, I did. Did everybody that. have, did the entire family have matching Disney shirts? Because from what I understand, that is the thing that you have to have when you go to Disney. Uh, we did. And it's funny. I love my like one of them has my name on it with Darth Vader and Mickey ears. Like I don't care. I saw the Darth Vader one. It's awesome. Um, Yeah. The answer to that question is absurdly so. It is the thing to do in Disney. (laughs) We saw all kinds of shirts. Some of them are funny. Like I paid for this trip or whatever. I mean, you know these tongue-in-cheek jokes about parents taking their kids to Disney because it's so expensive. But fun was had by all. And with matching shirts. <laughs> My oldest daughter, however, did not follow the family tradition or the start of the family tradition. She she wears her own stuff. She doesn't she doesn't really adhere to the normal fashion norms. <laughs> she walks to the beat of her own drummer, and we love her for that. That's for sure. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. And if summer is here, that means tour can't be far off. We'll get to that in just a second. But on the last episode of Stummy Down Skinny, we took a look at a show from 20 years ago, almost exactly 20 years ago from when this episode will be released. We went back and took a look at a Phil and Friends show from Hershey Park on July 19th, 2002. It was a rainy day at the Star Pavilion, which is really just the back parking lot behind the stadium that they throw a stage on and some chairs and call it a pavilion. It wasn't really an actual concert pavilion, but we saw a great show up there despite the weather. A real unique set list, I think, with that Dupree's Diamond Blues, Dear Mr. Fantasy, Viola Lee was really good, Pride of Cucamonga. So you have some songs there that were not frequently played by the Grateful Dead, if at all, and some tunes that fill and that particular lineup with Warren Haynes, Jimmy Herring, Rob Rocco, and John Molo really breathed new life into, freshened up a little bit. We saw a lot of those shows, and it's great to keep going back and checking those out. And this was one I had really forgotten about. You know, It was just one in a list of shows we were seeing at that time. Right. And then when I went back and listened to it, I was like, oh, shit, You know, that was pretty good. That was unique. There were some really strong jams in there. There was a lot of intricate playing between Jimmy and Warren, a lot of buildup, a lot of peaks. Phil is steady and conducting the band. Baracko's singing his heart out. Just a lot of fun going back, checking out that show, reliving those those early days. You know, those were the early days of our friendship too. And we had only seen a few fish shows because Fish was on hiatus during this time. Right. 20 years, man. Time flies. It's crazy. Listening back, I agree with you. There were some things that the Q, we used to call them the quintet, the Q was doing that. Nobody else was doing at the time for that that type of music. No doubt. I, I hate to compare it to anything because it was its own thing. And I know people make comparisons all the time. Let's just say that we saw them a lot just because that's how good they were. And this show, particularly, you know, it really brings out what was best about them. They, they could bring back a lot of stuff that you had never heard or was rarely played. And they played it like they had been playing it for years. So very awesome. I love Phil Lesh. Hope he's still doing well and, and trotting around. So I'd love to go see him again. He just played a bunch of shows up at the Capitol Theater in New York. And I think he's got some coming up in October up there. I had read something that he had a contract to play a certain number of shows at the Capitol Theater because he doesn't obviously really tour anymore. He's playing like three nights in October. And I was thinking, maybe that might be worth a trip. I don't know who the full band is. I caught maybe a half of a set at work one day when I was fudging around looking to find some music. 
And it, it sounded great, it, just like you would expect. He certainly hasn't really slowed down his style of play like some <clears throat> other former members of the Grateful Dead have as they <laughs> continue Shots to fired. play with the catalog. Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> Oh, that well, that tour's getting ready to start too. I guess it already is. No, it's already started. People are going crazy. They're saying they're sounding good. I have no reference. I've never seen Dead and Co. I have seen Bobby, obviously, with the Grateful Dead and several other variations, including his own band, Rat Dog. And he and Rob Wasserman did a, a tour, just the two of them. Now, this is after they had banned the Grateful Dead from Meriwether. So. You weren't going to see them there. Jerry was allowed back in 89. Bobby was kind of doing the opening for that. And he did that before th those shows, I think. I mean, I don't have a time reference. Like, I couldn't tell you dates. But, you know, I've seen Bobby a lot. And he's just getting older. He's slowing down. Phil doesn't really do that. I like the way Phil sticks to the traditional jamming of the band. I think that's what really riles up the fan base, whether they like Dead & Co., variations of The Grateful Dead, The Grateful Dead itself. You can't mess with an original but listen it's just like paul mccartney doing his tour you know you get the chance to see a living beetle perform those songs that everybody likes i mean i gotta stop being negative it's so hard to do <laughs> because you have to put all these variables into your thought process and i i have learned a lot especially in my older age to have gratitude for what I've seen or what I'm about to see or what I am currently seeing. So living in those three tenses, I guess I try to do it really is a little bit better for me uh, as a music fan. So I don't just come off as like a complete fucking asshole. <laughs> well, let's just call you a work in progress. All right. Thank you. <laughs> yes. My therapist would really appreciate that. I don't have a well, but if I did. I'm your therapist. Right. This is not a therapy <laughs> show. This is not Dr. Phil. Anyway. As we're talking about touring, Fish is going to be jumping back on the road. They start their summer tour in Massachusetts in Mansfield. Skinny, we were up there once. That place is now called the Xfinity Center. So they're playing a couple of nights there. Then they head over to, or up to, I should say, Bangor. Bangor? Bangor? Maine? I think up there they say banger. I think they say banger. I do. I know. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, it's yeah. funny. And then they come back down south. That's when I'll be jumping on when they get to Philadelphia on the 19th and 20th of July, playing two nights there at the Man. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great summer, even though mine is a little bit shorter this year. We still are going to make the most of it. If you are not familiar with Stummy Down, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. The premise of the show is that Skinny and I have been friends for a long time. We have seen a lot of concerts over that time. And what we do here is we pull a ticket stub from the concerts that we've seen at random until they run out and they're on your phone. And we use that concert as a jumping off point to talk about our friendship, the music, obviously, the funny things that happen along the way, the community. This season, we've had a bunch of great guests join us to stub us down. Today, it is just going to be Skinny and I, and Skinny is actually going to be pulling today's stub. Skinny, there might be a little bit of a role reversal today here on Stub Me Down for episode eight. I hope you're ready because I'm wearing my skinny hat today. All right, man. <laughs> All right, Skinny, you ready to stub me down today, bud? I am. All right, man, what are we going to take a look at? We are going back to Atlantic City, New Jersey. How about that? From Boardwalk Hall, November 2nd, 2013, the last night of a three-night run in Atlantic City for Halloween. That's cool, man. That was a great run. I had a lot of fun up there. I was at all three of these, and I think you were just at this last one. Correct. You know, this was interesting because this was at the end of a kind of a little mini fall run that Fish did in October run. They played 12 shows. 10 of them were in October. And then they had these two, November 1st and November 2nd. It's always interesting when you have an event run. So like a Halloween or, or we just had New Year's in April when the quote unquote big night 
is not the last night, right? It really changes kind of the mentality of some of these runs because for me anyway, like I, this started on Halloween, right? So we get there and it already you're ramped up to Halloween special three sets type of show. It's Friday night. Everybody had just arrived, right? And then you have the next two nights, which are standard two-set shows. And there can sometimes be a letdown after the big night and then the two shows that follow. I, the Saturday night show, the show on 11-1, amazing. Yeah, and I had heard that. Very, very strong show. And You know, as I'm get to Atlantic City, I met up again with Jason, J.O., and a mutual friend at the time of ours. And he had an extra ticket just for that one night. I was like, I'm all in. So I left at like eight o'clock. It was only a one night event for me. Now I had gone to Hampton with you the, the week before, which was awesome. Oh, those were amazing shows. So this fall tour was really, right. really, really good. Easy. They were coming in. The yeah. Reading show was fire. Yeah. Uh, they had they did a Northeast tour that was. It was the talk of the town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the way that 2013 was a, was a good was a good year. Yeah. There. And the way that they were playing, the opportunity was there for me to drive up to Atlantic City. Listen, from Baltimore, I always talk about this on the show. It's just so perfectly placed on the Northeast that it's really if you plan it right, you can make a lot of these shows up and down the East Coast with no problem, especially in that tri-state or in the mid-Atlantic yeah. area. True. Um, and even going up so far as New England, it's a little bit more of a drive, but hey. You can still do it. It's been done. You know, it's been done. So I got everything I wanted. I felt like out of that tour with the two in Hampton, I didn't see all three. And this. And I felt this last night, the tour closer, I was like, oh, this is a not miss for me. I just was really ecstatic. And then ecstatic that the way that they played the show I felt like it was just perfect. I felt like there was a lot to get out of every time you were seeing them in 2013, specifically in the fall. Sure. So we were listening to the shows. Obviously, this is 2013. You could get the shows pretty much right away or right after, especially if you were on a run or what have you. So I was listening to Fish quite a bit before they got to Hampton. I was just really excited when I got to Hampton and then just being able to have the opportunity to do this one night out of that three night Halloween run. I didn't have FOMO because I think if I would have missed all of it and didn't see it, I would have been really I would have looked back on it and said, man, I missed out. I should have went to that one. Just take that one opportunity. Well, and you know, it's interesting, too, that you mentioned just coming up for that one. Right. And when you take a look at a run like this, there's a feeling that you can kind of get from the crowd when you go to a multi-night run, which I'm sure you would agree with. The Halloween show on Friday was wingsuit. Right. I would say, and I don't speak for everybody, as you well know, but I would say that the consensus was thumbs down on the wingsuit set. Everybody was coming in hoping that they were going to do an album cover. The two Halloweens that they had played during the 3.0 era in 09 when they came back, they did Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. That was out in California. This is when all the talk about doing Thriller, I remember, like everybody's choice yep. was to do Thriller. Well, they did, they did, right, for 09, they did the whole balloons thing and like the balloons were all like scattering sure. all over the country and you were trying to figure out where the balloon was going to go and, and what album they were going to do and they had listed a whole bunch of different albums in 2010 they were back in atlantic city and they did little feet waiting for columbus which was a lot of fun and then they didn't do a halloween in 2011 or 2012 so 2013 comes around and everybody's thinking they're going to continue the tradition of covering some legendary album and they come out and they play all of these original tunes. Dude, and what the fuck is a wombat, man? I remember there was one guy I saw, and I think it was, it might have even been before the show started. We were on the boardwalk. The playbill had been leaked, and 
some guy was out there and he was fucking raging. I've never seen a Halloween show. I can't believe they're not going to do an album cover. They're going to play a bunch of original wow. shit. Like I couldn't believe it. And I was like, all right, bro. I'm like dressed as Abraham Lincoln. And I'm like, no, four <laughs> score and seven years ago, the band wasn't even around. So fucking count your lucky stars. Right. 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 Um, Did you yell at him? Like uh, this tyranny will not. Stand. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> That was George H.W. Bush that that used that phrase, quoted by uh, Jeffrey Lebowski, the big Lebowski, the dude. Look at you. All right, man. I know. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm a wealth of worthless knowledge. I liked it. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was very bold of them to do that, and I like some of those tunes, right? Anyway, so there was this, I don't know, I think let down feeling among the crowd heading into the second two nights, Right. I think they probably pleased most of the people with the next night. Go and listen. I mean, listen to this whole run, obviously. Right. But then you get to this show, and they played a lot of songs. I'll give you that. Oh, man. Here we go. Here we go. Are you saying before we... No, don't even read the set list, because <laughs> I want to just... Before you start taking my role to shit on everything, I just want to say this. I get it, what you're about to do. And then... Number <laughs> <laughs> Number two. You have no idea what I'm about to do. I, what are you I talking really, about? I don't. I don't have any idea. You I have think no I idea. know. Okay. The other thing is, I want to say to whoever recorded this particular version, this odd version on Relisten, kudos to you because. It is Chomper's Suite number one. There are some <laughs> real highlights during jams and important moments in the show where. People talk and it's kind of the funniest shit because it's very, very clear and you can hear it. Obviously, there's a crew, maybe one or two. It sounds like it's like one or two crews together making nonsense comments uh, about <laughs> jams, you know, their friends not knowing what's going on. It's very hilarious and enlightening to kind of who we are as people. It's almost a... <laughs> societal study in chomping it's it's really great and and i highly suggest tuning your ears into it because you'll get a few laughs so i want to thank our taper community out there especially specifically for this audio version because it's really awesome and it's cut well i mean it sounds great the dwindling taper taper community you know skinny it we're, we're a little bit spoiled, you know, right? Back in the day, we were getting all these shows on discs and you got what you got for the most part. Hopefully you found somebody that had a good connect to get good quality or maybe even somebody was lucky enough to plug into a soundboard. But now with the Live Fish app, you can listen to a soundboard copy minutes after the show is over. That's yeah, immediate gratification. You know it, I mean? it is. So in preparation for this show, I was listening to the live fish version while I was in the car and at home, but at work, I can't access the live fish app. So I listened to it through fish.in. Thank you, fish.in for all you do and giving us access to that great music. The difference in listening to the soundboard and then listening to the odd and hearing some chick talk about something in the middle of a song, it really is a different way to listen back, especially to experience kind of puts you right back into the crowd, right? You're like, lady, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to hear the show. <laughs> Which I'll, the last story, I know I had said two points, but whenever I say I have two things to say, then that leads to like multiple stages of things to say. It's like a tree. So <laughs> the, the, during the show, there were significant dance parties that were happening that were just amazing and out of the box, out of control. Being on the floor, we had our own little crew of people that we were close with. One of them is uh, including our friend Sarah from uh, the Massachusetts area who we just saw. The greatest part about it was there was a lot of dancing going on, but stuff would happen where, of course, like on the floor, this guy walks by and we're getting down to a song. We'll talk, I'll talk to you about it in a minute in this funky version of it. Like it's literally Saturday Night Fever. And he stands in front of me with his back to the band, like looking for his friends with two draft <laughs> 16 ounce $30 beers. And I was like, dude. You got to get the fuck out of here before I just <laughs> knock like money right out of your hands because it's 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 happening. And I couldn't believe that he just he didn't see what was going on around him. It was really crazy. 
uh, and he moved, you know, I, I said it as graciously as I could, but I was reminding him that like all bets are off. If I knock over your beers, I mean, look at around you. It, that's how I thought, or probably the one reason why I think this show is just so great, especially for me. We also want to give a quick shout out to Sarah's lovely daughter, Yardley, who is a big fan of Stub Me Down. Yardley, hopefully we'll get to catch you at a show coming up here soon. But thanks so much for listening to us and keep on keeping on, all right? Yardley, now I'm going to tell you this is the second episode we said hi to you. So I don't know if we're going to have to make this a thing. We'll talk to your mom. All right, Skinny, let's take a look at the first set from Fish at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey on November 2nd, 2013. They opened the show with Wilson into Rift, Asalat, Water in the Sky into Sample in a Jar, Funky Bitch into 46 Days, Theme from the Bottom, Yarmouth Road into Limb by Limb, Mike's Song into Hydrogen into a Weekapa Groove that closed the first set for a 13-song first set so they definitely packed a lot into the opening frame here you reminded me about the the wilson chant tell that story about russell wilson and because i completely forgot about that whole thing yeah so if you're a fan of the nfl and maybe the seahawks i know that we have some listeners out there in the great state of washington i just know that they filmed this special about russell wilson and this chant obviously the wilson chant the crowd participation that we all do at the show and they were doing that over the pa system to introduce russell wilson at nfl football games at home for the seahawks and they also filmed the connectivity between fans of football and fans of fish and it was a nice little piece it was actually really funny they interviewed the band they interviewed a lot of fans going into a seahawks game about fish which was super cool and in the beginning, you see Trey comes out of the little snippet for NFL Network carrying a pumpkin, and that was the show. He's carrying a lighted pumpkin. He puts it down on top of one of the monitors and then just drives home right into Wilson. And they kind of like have that version playing underneath a little bit of their conversations. It's kind of like what we do. That's why I thought it was really kind of cool thing is like as they're doing the NFL Network thing, they're playing the Wilson. Um, that they played at 11 to 13. So it's really, really neat. Um, also, interestingly enough, one of the few times I've seen Trey wear a knit cap inside. I don't know what that look was. It probably was about a thousand dollar knit cap, but cool. <laughs> I don't know if the fish fashion Twitter account was active back in 2013. Who knows? I actually skinny for Father's Day. Megan and the kids got me a Tom Wilson Capitals jersey. And it's the one that's got the W on it with the three stars over the top. Oh, it's it's dope. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. That's cool. Very nice. So that was a really interesting story. You know, I thought a Wilson opener is great, right? Crowd participation, get everybody pumped up. That's a fun way to start a show. They go into Rift after this. Nice standard version here. If you like a seven-minute tune, you are gonna fucking love this show because there's a lot of seven-minute tunes in this show. All right, but before we go any further, I'm just going to point this out, because, there, yes, there are shorter versions of tunes, but for a lot of these tunes, the last minute of the jam, which we I've never even thought about this, and I thought about when I obviously was preparing for the show today, the last minute of several of these jams are absolutely fire. So I don't know if you would call them micro jams at the crescendo at the end of each tune but they're very interesting there's a lot of interesting stuff that goes on here and there's a lot of different things that they do which were based on two other nights too of being in atlantic city they harken back to some stuff yeah which i thought was really neat especially for me that's only gone up there for one night and i'm like oh i'm getting a full meal here like a lot of songs that i want to see a lot of great jams, a lot of vehicles, some stuff I hadn't seen. Okay, time out, time I mean, out, time out. Come dude. on. No, 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 come on. 
in the first. All right, Man, here we Wilson go. Rift. I, this is, I knew you were going to do this. Water in the sky, <laughs> sample in a jar, funky bitch. Forty six days. Which one of those tunes are you like? Oh man, I'm so glad I caught this. Well, wait a minute. That's not, not you're so you're twisting my words. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, this is no. Th they're all executed perfectly, and then you get to that theme. So yes. No, I'm yes. not going Hold to on. We'll get to the theme. Let's let's right. not get ahead of ourselves here because we have to talk about the theme. And I acquiesce. The theme is amazing. The theme is the probably for me the best part of this show. And you know what? The other thing is, while I was at this show, I'm sure I was rocking out. I was having a great time. That was a interesting point of my life. I won't go into the details here. Um, and I also don't have quite the memory that skinny does and we were chatting a little bit about this pre-show and he was he was firing some of my memories but this one two three four five first six songs seven songs the only thing that came to my mind was standard there is a standard opener with wilson it's not very long you're talking four minutes rift rift is fun you know it's good energetic it's a good first set tune it's a standard straight ahead delivery here ocelot almost 10 minutes on the ocelot never went anywhere and i mean it was good you know you're like ocelot ocelot and she just do that the whole fucking time anywhere. it doesn't go anywhere water in the sky well you is... just argued with me about tennessee jed last episode and tennessee jed and ramble on rose do the same thing it's not like i'm in love with what's being played what I'm saying is that, like, Sample in a Jar is the standardest of fish tunes, you know? I mean, like... I'm glad you were not like this, this when we were at the show. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Because I felt that the way that they played them, yes, they were executed very well. And so you're probably coming off two nights They saying, were very tight. They were very yeah, tight. Yeah, now they're going to just play standard hits for the Saturday night crowd to get everybody into it because maybe there's yes, fans there that I agree. don't know what's going on the previous two nights and they're going to a concert in Atlantic City on Saturday. I mean, that, that probably is the case. However, executed perfectly. There's not a, I mean, yes, it's, it's not what I would want to hear. I like Wilson to start off a show because my hope is they get the standard open or the standard thing out of the way. Are you right that they play some standards pop, pop, pop right in a row? Absolutely. But then the theme from the bottom is like, it's gotta be one of the best. I'm sorry if you have a theme in mind that you think is more beautifully played or there's Trey hit some sort of guitar solo note the way that the band goes into this jam when we saw in Miami in 2014 yes that was, was very good. good the show for me got kicked on on the re-listen now I have to qualify all of this because I am sure the prototypical my favorite show was the one I'm at so there's no way I looked at that set list and was like as it's happening and I'm standing there on the floor next to you and our crew and having a bad time and shitting on these songs. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think that either. I right. mean, we were we had talked previously before the show. Right. Yeah, I'm evaluating this from this side of nine years of history and going back and listen to it. And I also listened to the other nights because I wanted to figure it out. I wish you would stop doing so much fucking research just to talk <laughs> to me about this show. Like, just shut up, dude. Sorry. All right. Anyway. Anyways, talk yes, about the theme. Now I'm entertained. Now I'm entertained. Oh, and, oh well. And, right. and honestly, Caesar over here. And honestly, it took seven <laughs> minutes to get to that, and it's only like a less than 16 minute version. But they pack a ton of music into that last eight. The last. No doubt. Again, this is the first one where I'll talk about the last minute of the jam. The bass breakdown from Mike is absolutely ridiculous when they come through at the end of that. They did it for the New Year's run before the Jemp truck. They did it with the Carini again. They did it with an It's Ice up in New York. So they were bottoming out these jams and really, you know, the whole shaft conversation between Paige, Trey, and uh, Fish was just hilarious before they break down into the jam. The crowd was swelling. The crowd was really into it. A lot of roars. That's what I like about the odd, because you can hear those roars audibly. Yeah. You know, sometimes too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
but especially in this case i think there is some some chatterboxing going on during this theme if you listen to this odd version on re-listen yeah but again there's nothing like that breakdown i don't think i've heard any song well since that Karini in 2013 and, and the it's ice that i just mentioned they haven't bottomed anything out like that to make it just this sickening display of like making everybody lose their minds the the floor was like a dance floor and we could see the swelling in the crowd and the seats at the peak of this jam it was absolutely fire i highly suggest this theme to anybody and you can actually feel it on a re-listen especially if you got it turned up loud in your car it's it's really good yeah they really start to get this thing moving at about 7 15 7 30 tray and mike really start getting into that funky groove and then they do the shaft lyrics and trey says who's the chuck norris looking private dick who's a sex machine with all the chicks the previous night he had used the same line in Runaway Jim, which was in the two hole to start the show. He said, who's the green private dick who's a sex machine to all the chicks? Cactus. And so it was definitely fun. You know, you get a little bit of everything that Fish is in here. You know, you get the blissful part of the beginning of a theme from the bottom. You get into this funky breakdown. Then you get into the quote unquote fishy things that they do where Trey's talking to Fishman and hey Fish, who's your least favorite president? And he starts talking about Bush and then the Bush, Bush. <laughs> and then the Bush thing. Sign of the times. Back to the right. Kush Bush thing that they had done in the Makasupa the night before. Right. So that really connected me to the other parts of at least the previous night's show. So this theme was, I mean, it was dope. It had everything you could possibly want from a fish jam. But, Skinny, they made a decision to try and get back into theme at the end of it, and that was a little bit of a rough landing i don't hear that that's so weird that you hear that i i it was a little bit of a rough I, I landing because was, that jam is just it was like when tom cruise tried to get his his buddy to land on the deck of the aircraft carrier all right sundown almost missed the slingshot <laughs> we could have had him man uh, well they have fish had me i know that they break into a yarmouth road and maybe not a lot of people but that's a newer song at this point it's just a little walkthrough and that limb by limb I know it's not the time that you want, the extension that you want, or the stretch out that you want, but it's excellently played. It's a really good limb by limb, and it fades out into that mics, which at the beginning, listen to Paige's clav on that, because it's like, wah, 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 wah. I'm doing it in guitar voice, but it sounds like a keyboard. <laughs> but it's amazing what once they jump into that jam, how driving and, and forceful and hard that jam is. I, I love the end, especially of the set. I knew that the next set was going to be just as good, or I was hopeful that it would be. But I felt like the limb by limb to the Mike's Hydrogen Weekapog was just really i know that you're looking at it from a time that's why you want to have no i'm not point of I'm view not with me. skinny well then tell me what you're looking at okay because we've talked about time you said in previous episodes sometimes it's about time i know i know i am I not know. saying that about i am not saying that about time these gems are these songs are all played very very well they're very you know there is one or two minuscule flubs not anything to you know i'm just really busting balls about the rough landing back into theme although it did happen all right the yarmouth road i do it, it wouldn't be an episode of smd without some statistics so the yarmouth road this was the seventh time they had played it it debuted over the summer at spac on july 5th 2013. i really like the riff and the bass line to this song but you lose me when Mike starts talking about buzzing in the honeycomb, man. This is one of those tunes where, I mean, whatever, I dance along. And what is happening on this show right now? And, you know, interestingly enough, so this was a fish tune originally. Well, it was played with fish originally. Gordon released it on his 2014 solo album, Overstep. And this is the only tune they play from that. 
so I guess they like it. All I'm saying is I like I guess bees. They do. To all our fans out there, which are so many, I like bees and Josh does not. He I do not like, like that bees. They make, you don't like honey? No, I don't like honey either. Everybody. I don't know. I oh, hate honey. Like honey? No. Uh, I guess you've never read Winnie the Pooh. This is not a cartoon show. <laughs> the Limb by Limb, again. You said this, I think, in a previous conversation that we had about Limb by Limb, that Limb by Limb is the same every single time they play it, but it is the quintessential 3.0 song because they nail it pretty much every time. And that, for me, kind of feels like, in all seriousness, what this set is. They play all of these songs very well. There's no flubs. They they have some enjoyable parts to them. But for me, there was nothing that stood out aside from the theme that in this first set that was memorable. So we get into the mics. So the mics, I, I love mics. Like I love the mics groove suite. Amazing, right? That's a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun to dance to. I felt like the drop in the mics wasn't as dramatic as it usually is. It it lacks for me just a little bit of punch. And what do you want them to eat fire now? <laughs> I mean, I'm just I disagree with you. You have just, to go back it and just, listen to that drop is just as fine. I listen to I listen to this show a lot aside from I mean there's a lot of standardly played tunes here. And but look, yeah. Fish is standard. We're following Fish apart, is standard. Dude. They're All right. <laughs> Their floor, yes. Their floor, is very high, right? So even a you know a standard played tune for them is very very good, right? I'm just saying that there wasn't a lot here in this first set. They packed a lot of tunes in here, but for me the only thing that was really exploratory and interesting and worth going back to check out multiple times is the theme. Everything else, you can find dozens of better versions of all of these tunes, except for Sample in the Jar, which is the standardest fish tune ever. All right, well, I guess that does it for the first set. So to review set one from Fish at Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, New Jersey, this has got skinny all out of sorts here. Uh, November 2nd, 2013, Fish opened the show with Wilson into Rift, Ocelot, Water in the Sky, into Sample in a Jar, Funky Bitch, into 46 Days, Theme from the Bottom, Yarmouth Road, into Limb by Limb, Mike's Song, into I Am Hydrogen, into a set closing Weekapog Groove for a 13-song, largely standard fish set. I mean, what are you trying to turn the knife? I mean, okay, et tu, Brute. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know. You didn't have to. I told you I was. Standardly played. <laughs> I told you this was going to be a turning of the table. Well, it certainly is, my friend. Set two is. Uh, I hold set two in higher regard than I do set one. Well, I should be so pleased. Why don't you just read it? <laughs> they open set two with Down with Disease, Skinny. Down with Disease, set two opener for you. Into Piper, into Rogue, into Waves, into Tweezer, into Julius, into Backwards Down the Number Line, into Character Zero. And they encore with Sleeping Monkey and Tweezer Reprise. The Down with Disease. Skinny, how many of these have you seen to open a second set? You still have not looked that fucking I still, number. I, have, <laughs> I, I don't have time for that number. Okay. I just know it happens all the time. Okay. So, well, because I love you. Anecdotal evidence. Well, no, I've got, I've got actual evidence. So I have seen 13 second set down with disease openers. Well, then, I found a few that you were with me at. So I just want to quickly review some of those. All right. Okay. The first one was your first show. Right. June 28th, 2000, PNC Bank Art Center. The second one was August 2nd, 2003 at IT. Right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the next one was August 15th, 2004 at Coventry. That was the day after my birthday. Okay. Then the next one, this one is interesting. June 18th, 2009 starlight pavilion in pittsburgh 
In Burgesstown. Uh, I forget yep, about that uh, show all the time. Yep. They, they played uh, Bike Encore. And then June 10th, 2011, Camden. They played it on December 30th, 2012. I'm not sure if you were at that show. That was at MSG, 1230, 12. And then 7th, 13th, July 13th. 2013 at Merriweather. So those were seven. This was your eighth. If we were at all those shows together, which I would assume you were, because Hartford we did last season. That was nine. I mean, you know, the list. It's it's been a lot of second set openers. That's a it's lot. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. This one's pretty good though. They have a nice groove here. Sure. It's funky. It's up tempo. Great dance party here, but. Again, I mean, you're talking a 16-minute down with disease. It doesn't really, for this disease, it really doesn't, it doesn't really hit. I mean, it's nice. It's fun. This is something to listen to. I have a sign for you. I have a sign for you the next time you go to see a show at The Man. I only want them to do what this I is... want them to do. That's what I want your sign to say. JW wants to be in control. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Okay, again, I thought the disease was good, and I am looking at this show now, especially in the second set, those pretty big crescendos, those big jams at the end of each of these songs, typically they would stretch out, and they're just not doing that for you. That's where I think you're making your contention, which is totally fine. Everybody has a right to what they think. Well, and that, you know what? Sorry to cut you off. I like the way you phrase that, of stretching out. And I don't mean stretching out time-wise. I mean stretching out within... There are plenty of seven, eight-minute versions of tunes that I absolutely love, right? Yeah. I just didn't feel like these jams, for my taste, were as developed or imaginative as maybe other versions of some of these tunes that I've seen, or just, you know, set list choice in general. Not to say that there, there, there is not a song that they've played that I don't like. Well, right? they said that about Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? People got destroyed by the execution of that offense. Right. I'm just saying there are times when their execution destroys. I mean, yes, it's not the Piper. I thought that the Rogue, actually, after going back and making sure I was paying attention, I listened to it. I listened to this song probably just as much as like some of the peak jams, like the theme and the tweezer, which we'll talk about in a second, the waves. The Rogue is so fine. It's really, really, really good. And to say that about a Rogue, here's another song that in the middle of a set as a cool down for everybody just to take a chill. It's so good. You can kind of even hear like a pin drop in the odd version. There's not a lot of people doing even the Chompers, the Simpsons episode that was happening right around the mics the entire time. They don't really talk too much in this. I was thankful for that as I was listening to the Rogue because it's a really sweet, kind version of that, which is definitely going to set the tone for the rest of the set. I, I love the Rogue in this. The Piper and the execution, it's good. It's a Piper. But there's nothing much to it. I would agree with that. We're disagreeing about what they were bringing to the table that night, I think. Where I was only seeing them for this one night. So maybe my expectations were being met just because they were playing the songs to perfect perfection for the audience, but they just weren't really, like you said, going anywhere, doing anything that you want them to, with the exception of a couple of songs. Sure, well, I, I, and I think that that's 100% right, but there's also, based on what I know of your tastes of this band, there's no dogs in either of these sets where you're poo-pooing any particular song that is going to be a letdown for you, right? Like, there can be a poorly placed song that you might not like, like a mound or, you know, any number of songs. Yeah, there's none of that happening. Right, there's not there's not that happening here. So the flow of the show for you fits well, fits great. You're seeing one, you're enjoying, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. I'm being the hater critic nine years later listening to it from a, a different perspective because yes i had been at the two previous nights and for me it felt a little bit like they were just kind of trying to close some stuff out i mean if you love seven minute tunes you'll love this set piper 751 rogue 737 waves 712 now the rogue into the waves 
That is the seg of this entire show. I mean, that is... The tweezer into the Julius is pretty damn good, too, because... I know we're jumping around here a little bit. I like the, the tweezer ending because we talked about this with Famer. They don't do the slow down ending of the tweezer and, and stop it with kind of Fishman just, you know, syncopating on the drum beat at the end very slowly and they stop the riff. That happens at the end of this tweezer and then they do the Julius. Like, yeah. not to mention that the jam in there is really tight and that's execution too. It's one of the longer songs of the set behind the disease. The waves probably is too short, but then, like you said, they're trying to wipe some stuff off the table. They put a Julius in there instead of having that waves extended. They're just making choices of what they're gonna jam out. It seems to me like they they only wanted to kind of really extend on two different jams here. One being the disease, the other being the tweezer, which that jam is tight, especially with the odd couple yeah. tees oh, yeah. in, in the middle, which they hang on to. It's not just like a, you hear that, go on probably i mean it's like maybe 15 seconds they really yeah, they do a couple of measures little, of it yeah yeah and that's five minutes in so they've played the formal part of the song and then they bring it down a little bit and then you just hear trey pluck that away and that was cool and interesting i, I was very curious because i thought that i had heard the odd couple tees before and i know they've played it before yeah that was something i had to look up talk about a recency bias so yeah, i don't know what you've heard of the spring early summer tour that they did but at deer creek on june 4th in stealing time they played at the odd couple tees i saw that yeah okay that's cool i forgot what song it was but then they hadn't done it going all the way back until october of 2014 in Chula Vista. So that was a little bit of time there. And then this show is in 2013. And then they hadn't done it going all the way back to 97. Wow, that's cool. That's a really nice little stat there for a tease anyway. It is. And it's, you know, it's a cool one to have on your stat sheet if you keep track of such things. But for me, I was listening to it and I'm like, how does that like pop into his head to play that at that particular time? And that, that, you know, that's one of those existential questions. Like how does anything hit anybody? You know, is it though? I mean, maybe it's like they have an inside joke about the odd couple, which by the well, way, it could be too, yeah. Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, which I used to watch. My father used to watch that show. It was very popular. Maybe it's some joke about that. That's like, maybe, maybe it's something like they're like, Hey man, like, just for that, I'm going to play the odd couple tees because you're getting on my nerves. Who knows? Who knows? You know, if you think about Wombat, Abe Vigoda from the Fish TV show, they obviously have a wealth of that type of knowledge going back to those old shows. And right. Maybe sometimes it's They're just... inside jokes that we're not necessarily a part of, and you wonder about them. That's what yeah. teases are supposed to be. It's kind of fun. That's pretty That's pretty good analysis. Yeah. All right. Well, but this tweezer, I'm appreciative this, of even this, though you hate the show. Yeah. No, no, I do not hate this show. And here, I want to I wanna be perfectly clear about that. I do not hate this show. I don't hate any fish show. I think that there are three very, very good parts of this show that are worth your time. I think the whole show is worth a go through. But I also feel like, I mean, they played 23 songs in this show. And we know, we've talked about it before, they average about 20 to 24 songs per show sometimes you know you get a five song second set obviously it's going to be a lot less we're just talking numbers and averages here they crammed a lot into this show everything was very very well played and aside from the character zero that they closed the second set with i have not a single problem with any of these songs i like sample in a jar it's a fish tune you know like it's cool whatever the julius the is really well played by the way it I is I it's it is well played so is the julius they you know yeah not julius i can take i could have left julius out of that entire they could have cut that for me some people don't like julius you know, a lot of people so don't lot like of people number do. line you know and so yeah you, that's true if the song selection hits you in a particular spot, and as I said a minute ago, none of this was objectionable to you. There were no arms, skinny arms crossed songs no. in this whole show. You're coming up for a quick hit one night. You're catching up. You're trying to make the most of it. The band rewards you by playing a fucking shit ton of music. Yeah, that's for sure. Very well played with three very nice intricate 
exciting, re-listenable jams. Yeah, and then the encore, it's cool on, on the re-listen odd version. Everybody sings along. You can actually hear one of the chompers screams right before they play or right when they break into the sleeping monkey. I guess he was really excited to hear it and calls for his boy, George. So if you're out there and that's you, I hope you found your friend and gave him a big hug and reminisced about going home on the train the next day or whenever. But it's a really fun version. You know, they laugh a lot in that. I think they, again, it's maybe like the inside joke that we're talking about, especially considering Paige always asks to sing it and they, Mike says no. <laughs> yeah, a lot of interesting statistics about Sleeping Monkey generally shows up in the encore spot, right? A couple times it hasn't. This was my fifth out of 10, and eight of those were in the encore spot. One of them was the storage jam from Super Bowl. Sure, that was really cool when they did that. I remember somebody behind me saying, like, do they even, like, play anything? I was like, no, this is their thing during a festival. And then they played Sleeping Monkey. And then they yeah. played Sleeping Monkeys. Like, I was like, although they are playing Sleeping Monkey right now. <laughs> it was really, it was that quick. It was really a crazy story. Yeah. And then July 1st, 2016, huh? were you up at SPAC with us? That was in the second set. They played My Sweet One and then Sleeping Monkey and then uh, 2001. No, I didn't see that. No, I was not at SPAC in 16. But for the most part, Sleeping Monkey shows up in the encore spot and always fun. Another kind of fishy tune. So you do get a little bit of fish's range we talked a little, uh, about that a good bit with ed lucas when he joined us and we talked about the range that the band has you see a little bit of the silliness that they have here certainly they can do the blissful parts of the rogue they can bring a funky tweezer a lot of funk in this show especially in those yeah. those three big jams the theme the disease and the tweezer funk was definitely a focus of or a theme, I would say, of those versions. Everything else was very clean, was very well played, but to me, kind of lacked a little bit of the exploratory nature of some of those tunes. And, and I think that they were kind of delivered straight ahead. Maybe standard isn't the right word to describe it. Um, maybe straight ahead would be better. That's not bad. I mean, like when you surf, man, some guys don't cut the wave. They're straight ahead Fred. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I just, if I can stand up on my board and ride it for a second, uh, I'm cool. Right, <laughs> straight ahead, Fred. I mean, that's there's right. there's nothing wrong with that. Now, Fred was my nickname when I was a little kid. Uh, my dad used to call me Fred. <laughs> Why didn't he just call you Fred? And I don't. I'm, I never even. Yeah. I don't even remember where that came from. Anyway, the tweezer reprise best three minutes in rock and roll. Can't be upset by closing. Sure. Especially a three night run like this, you can't be upset by closing the whole thing with that and they played a late tweezer that tweezer was a complete surprise it was almost like that one more gift underneath the christmas tree speaking of kind of being straight ahead and, and putting stuff out there on the last night of a run in atlantic city where you might have people there in the crowd that are just going to see them on a saturday night that didn't do the whole run that, that are not completely enamored and critical and happy and joyous all tied together and a neat little bow like us fish fans can tend to be however that tweezer was a complete surprise i don't think in any set if i'm like disease piper rogue waves i'm not thinking there's going to be a tweezer so i think that kind of added a little bit of the allure to me definitely being in attendance for that but also the fact that it's a really even for a 15 minute tweezer which isn't something that's completely phenomenal or that people talk about all the time it does have not only the jam in it with the odd couple tees which is extended but at the end the slowdown end of the jam i mean i would consider that not an into julius it's a stop and then julius although they might be holding on to like that last note or fish hits the you know tom tom drum one more time before they break into the julius but it ends i think which is a nuance now because you don't really see that it goes into somewhere it's more exploratory definitely in right a yeah it usually bleeds into something else yeah, yeah and they're definitely in a phase here where they they were like let's end it uh, which i think is really phenomenal and cool and then just you know there were some things in here that i really like personally and i agree with you that the entire show maybe it wouldn't be for everybody just because there's so many tunes and they don't really necessarily stretch anything out but 
Hey, man, I don't give a shit. I like it. <laughs> well, you know, you talk about that tweezer in the middle of the second. I was just quickly looking back to the other nights and looking at kind of what was still hanging out there, heavy hitter-wise. Obviously, Tweezer was going to be a big hole in set lists because they hadn't played that the first two nights, but You Enjoy Myself hadn't been played. You do get a Harry Hood the first night. There's a Chalk Dust Torture the second night. So there was Slave was the second night. So there were a few songs that were still kind of hanging out there, but the, the Tweezer definitely kind of felt like it came from an unexpected place listening back especially after the disease that seemed to be the big ticket item for the second frame here the piper the rogue beautiful blissful standard rogue like it was great like a beautifully standard played blissful rogue the seg into waves again waves beautiful version it just seemed like they were trying to stack the deck here a little bit add add a bunch of tunes and they did that and great show certainly a very well played show they were playing at an end of tour level if the set list and the actual breakdown of it hits a little bit differently depending on the listener sure i agree with that man i'm not arguing with you anymore (laughs) (laughs) well let me just review the second set from fish on november 2nd 2013 in atlantic city boardwalk hall Pretty fun venue. We've seen we've seen a few shows in that in that room sure. before. Great sound in there, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, it's you know one of the old old buildings that they they actually built properly. Down with disease opened the second set into Piper, into Rogue, into Waves, into Tweezer, into Julius, into backwards down the number line, into of course a set closing character Zero, with a Sleeping Monkey Tweezer reprise encore. So, a lot of fun, great run. We saw a lot of great music back in 2013, you know? Yeah, we did. Also, I don't know if you remember this. This is something that I just thought of. When you got out of the venue, it was really cool. They had this uh, kind of laser show with the bricks on the front of the boardwalk hall, and they were like falling apart. And they oh, kept yeah, like recycling and repeating itself. And we were standing out there just kind of chilling, waiting for everybody to crew up to head back. Uh, I think we went over to the Irish bar behind the trap. And then after that, went to a, another bar where they were playing like Tone Loke and Coolio <laughs> and a bunch of stuff that we grew up on. Well, definitely me too. And, you know, stuff that was popular in the rap game and like, you know, R&B. We were, it was a really funny night, man. It was crazy. That bar on the second level of the trap. I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) I have shadows of memories from the dance party. What I do remember was being at that Irish bar, and I think we had probably spent almost four or five hundred dollars on fireball shots after the show and i think somewhere on one one of my social medias i think i have a picture of that receipt that has the the fireball total but i think i remember you taking a picture of that it's funny because i i got up at like six o'clock the next morning i I, I had to drive back i was like i'm out of here see (laughs) y'all well this was a great one skinny thanks so much for stubbing me down on this one getting back into especially some of those early 3.0 shows, just trying to get back into the mix and and going to see what we could when we could because we had been starved during that breakup time and and then going back even previously to the hiatus and just being grateful, you know, and that's that's the thing at the end of the day, you know, have some fun with this particular show, but at the end of the day, I'm as grateful as I could possibly be for everyone we get into. I cherish each one. My favorite show is the one I'm at. And so on November 2nd, 2013, this was my favorite fish show. So, well, that's good to know, man. I thought you were like by first set, like this guy's like Cape puts <laughs> on every never, never. You know what I mean, but anyway, that's all good, man. Listen, before we uh, wrap it up today, just want to mention again, our partners, The Lot by Primal Soup is a virtual vending venue where you can get many different goods from all across the jam band scene. Please make sure to check it out. If you don't know what they have, you can listen to one of our previous episodes, and I'm sure at the end you can hear a bunch of our ads talking about delightful people that are running small businesses, and we should always support small businesses, including also our friend over at Fan Designs, that's P-H-A-N-D-E-S-I-G-N-Z, Scott Mitchell, who also has all kinds of stuff from across the jam band scene. He has a great Etsy shop, great shipping. 
just like the lot by Primal Soup does as well. So, Josh, that's all I got. Yeah, man. Scott's killing it in the hat game. Fan Designs has got some sweet lids if you're a hat connoisseur like me and a junior connoisseur like Skinny. You know, God, I swear what's comfortable. You'll find something that you like on Fan Designs. If you want to continue the conversation with us, you can check us out on the socials. We are on Twitter at stub underscore me underscore down. And we are also on Instagram at the same address, stub underscore me underscore down. Hopefully we'll get to catch some of you all on tour. We still have some stickers left from our initial order a couple years ago. So if you see one of us, grab a sticker, say hello. We can't wait to see you all out there. Stay safe. Skinny, great job, man. I love you so much. Love you too, brother. Have a great, safe tour. Have some fun. I hope they play exactly what you want them to, but you know they're not going to. <laughs> they never do. All right. And thanks again for listening to Stub Me Down. And we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down to the path. Later, man. Talk to you soon.